0: Hello, my dear listener, and welcome to Is This It? I'm your host, Donna Greenberga and I'm here to have meaningful conversations with talented and purpose-driven people to discover what mindset allowed them to overcome their greatest challenges and achieve success, and share it with you so you can do the same. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider joining my exclusive Patreon community to support the show and unlock bonus content.
1: I don't care how depressed you are. Let's say a parent is depressed right now and their child is about to die in front of them. Are they going to sit there and say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm depressed and I'll just let my child die or they're going to spring into protection mode. They can protect their child. Where's your depression gone in that moment? Gone. Why? Because your focus shift. It's the same for people out there. You can sit there and go, "Woe me, look at me, my life's a mess. Or you could change your focus and go and do something about it. But people don't want to hear that because it's much easier to say I'm depressed. It's much easier to say I'm low. It's much easier to say that my life is bad. It's so much easier to blame than it is to take responsibility. And that's why most people are stuck. If you're born poor, it's definitely not your fault. If you die poor, you. there's a choice you get to choose in modern society like in the uk for example how can you possibly go broke how there is so much money we're in london at the moment there's money everywhere absolutely everywhere how can you possibly go broke in a country where you have resources in abundance you've got the internet you've got you can get startup loans for a company you can get grants you can get funding you can get technology you get like it's given to you on a plate literally all you got to do is work most people don't want to work so then they'll say poor and then they'll point fingers at you and me and go look at you it's easy for you blah, blah 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 choices
0: on today's episode jessen james an award-winning international speaker serial entrepreneur and business mentor jessen hello thank you so much for joining me today
1: pleasure thank you for having me
0: I've been looking forward to this conversation.
1: I know, it's been a while, it's been a while. I know, so I know, but we made it happen. Thank you for your patience. Here you are, <laughs>
0: thank you so much. So, if I asked you to sum up your life philosophy for me in one sentence, what would you tell me?
1: Gosh, I think my team will know this one as well. It's uh, <laughs> everything's beautiful just the way it is. That's mm. it, you know, um, everything. Good, bad, ugly, the whole lot, it's all meant to happen. Okay, Yeah,
0: I like that. Don't struggle with things that don't need changing. No, it's changing.
1: acceptance, isn't it? It's. I think people don't accept what's going on in the world. And rather than look at the lesson in it, they look at the the problem in it. So everything's beautiful just the way it is. If you're not meant to get that deal, you're not meant to get that deal. That That was the way it's meant to be, you know, and it's not easy to digest that. I'm not saying it's easy to digest. I just know That There's a lot of people out there, unfortunately, who are saying life is happening to them rather than for them. But if you can understand everything's meant to happen the way it's meant to happen, then it's all good.
0: Definitely agree. So tell me a little bit more about your journey. Mm. So you started your first business when you were 24. It was tiling?
1: Yeah. Well, technically, I started my first business when I was 11. Oh, Um, okay. Plot (laughs)
0: twist. Tell me about that.
1: (laughs) So I went to Mauritius. Like My family's from Mauritius. I was born in the UK, but went to Mauritius for the first family holiday. And they used to have these little... um, Chinese firecrackers like little fireworks mm. and I I stole some from Mauritius and put it in my mum's suitcase smuggled it into the UK <laughs> if anyone's watching don't is that report even legal me. I don't want to talk about it let's <laughs> cut this bit off um but um yeah I I did that and then I I, I sold them in school um to Rrew the other one of kids those yeah hustler hustler guys <laughs> and then it was all going well but then someone threw them off the top of a buck a uh, double-decker bus when they, they yeah and then mm. he was wearing his uniform so they knew which school it was and then he told them who his dealer was and then i got in trouble so uh, that business got shut down oh. uh, but <laughs> then i went on to um, selling stu- sweets and snacks and stuff i just i just loved entrepreneurship you know but my my first proper business was when i was 24 years old when i first qualified from university
0: and tell me about that because i know you went into that business Mm. and then fast forward a year was it a year in you were in debt the business three months three months yeah 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 so
1: so, i mean bit of context for your listeners Uh, i actually qualified at university as a psychiatric nurse but i was always fascinated by entrepreneurship as you know as a kid So, But no one really teaches you that. So I thought, you know what, before I go into working as a nurse, let's just give it a go, one more go. And a friend of mine presented this idea of, you know, um, importing goods from China and setting up a, a store and I thought, it sounds great, I'll do it. And we did it, and um, yeah, I was twenty-four years old. I lost sixty-five thousand pounds in three months. And, wow! Uh, yeah. Imagine sixty-five
0: thousand pounds that you didn't necessarily have.
1: No, 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 no. I had to beg, borrow, steal. I was already in debt. I was out of university, right? Mm. I mean, most people are in university, come out of university in debt anyway. Mm. So it sucked. It wasn't cool, <laughs> but I I went into work and I carried on working as a nurse. You know, after that. So and uh, you did that for about. How long? I did that for I'd say about as in the hospital. And again, everything's beautiful just the way it is. I worked in a hospital till about 2009 uh, in a private sector and uh, in the private hospitals you climb the ranks really quickly so I became the youngest ward manager in the UK at 27 years old by that point I was making good money but I was also making them good money because you get sales targets when you're a ward manager it's really weird because I was still a nurse I was still looking after patients looking after my team but I had to sell beds to the NHS I made I think it's over six and a half million pounds for them wow in two years for them for them yeah what did
0: that translate to for you I
1: don't know what 50 grand salary and a company car I think <laughs> it, that's what I used to get you know so but I was remember I was entrepreneurial so I didn't look at it as I'm doing it for them I, it was like a I was an entrepreneur if that makes any sense but yeah 2009 ended the last recession uh, my employer told me they don't need me anymore and my job was Even gone Even with all
0: that money you were making them
1: Yeah I think for them they just went into panic mode because they were a big organization and they thought well who can we cut out they someone else I later transpired that someone else went for my job at a lower pay, you know, whatever. It is what it is. So
0: what was going on in your mind then? And what did you decide to do? Uh, I
1: was confused because I was like, business didn't work. Job didn't work. You know, I've been lied to. What do I do? And I was confused. If I'm very honest, I was confused. But I did make a commitment that day I lost my job. And I thought, you know what? I'm not going to work for anyone anymore. I did realize that nothing in life is secure unless you secure it yourself. You've got to take advantage of what's going on. You've got to take responsibility. You've got to accept. So I thought, you know what? No one's coming to save me at all. So if I'm going to take a risk, having a job is a risk. Being in business is a They're both risks. So if it's both a risk, then you know what? I'll take a risk on myself. So I decided I will just go back into business, you know, but it didn't happen straight away because I spent a good five months feeling sorry for myself, trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And I did have temptations to go back into work because the company I worked for was actually the second largest to the Priory group of hospitals here in the UK, which is quite a big, massive, you know, private healthcare company. And the Priory would have taken me in a heartbeat, uh, Mm. you know, because I was working for their competition, but that would be putting myself back into that same situation again where i'm leaving my future in someone else's hands
0: so how did you have courage not to go back into that or what was the vision that you had or the belief that you had that you were able to push through and then jump into this new endeavor that you did
1: do you know what donna it sounds simple now i didn't realize i was doing it at the time but now i now i know I want to share this lesson with everyone listening. If you don't know what you stand for, you fall for something else. There's this saying, right? If you don't know what you stand for, you fall for something else. I made it a non-negotiable to go and work for anyone. It was just like my standards shifted. I Mm -hmm. was like, I'm not working for anyone anymore. So I said, come what may, I'm going to find a way for me to earn for myself. So getting a job wasn't even in the equation because again it just it, i just leveled up my standards and said i'm not doing this so if anyone's listening right now the quickest way for you to shift your life is change your standards you get and what you
0: that yeah you get what you tolerate right absolutely and this has happened to me as well mm. at a certain point i went to that same realization mm. where i was like never again no no i'm not working for anyone else no matter what happens and yeah. then you find a solution
1: you have to because no that, that's
0: your new premise. That's your new standard. That's your 100%, new reality. 100%. And then you find those solutions. Yeah. So what happened to you? What did you start doing?
1: Use what I already know, which is healthcare. As you know, the first business you mentioned about Thailand tile bathroom. It was actually a Thailand bathroom store. And i was like what what the heck was a nurse doing (laughs) opening up one just made no sense in hindsight in hindsight yeah it seemed like a good idea at the time um but if anyone's listening i know some of your followers are entrepreneurial as well if they're listening use what you already know i always say to people what do you already know because if use what you already know then all you need to learn is how to start a business so what did i know private healthcare and i thought well why am i wasting my time i might as well start my own healthcare company so i did I started my own healthcare business, but I did supported living for adults in the community with learning difficulties and, and mental health issues. And it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. I'm not going to say it was easy, but the quick quick version is I was able to, um, you know, for the first six months, I had no clients. So that was really hard. But again, you know what you stand for, you fall for something else. And it was non-negotiable, have to make this work. And then within 12 months, I was able to double the size of the company. Two years later, I quadrupled the income in that business. It made me financially free at the age of 31. Uh, and a millionaire two years later, which mm. wasn't bad for a nurse who got fired. You know? Amazing. So, so what yeah.
0: sort of tools did you use to be able to scale that business so quickly?
1: When I say quickly, this all happened over a period of, it might sound like it was quickly, but it felt like eternity. About a couple of years, two, three years. Mm. And realizing that there's a difference between being self-employed and being a business owner. And I was self-employed for a good chunk of my business because I realized that I was the business. If I stopped working tomorrow, everything fell apart. Because for most businesses Which moment owners,
0: made you realize that?
1: I actually remember coming home one day, just falling asleep on the couch, just sitting down there and like absolutely shattered, completely shattered because I'd been working like a 16 hour shift in my own business. And when I got home, there was still work I needed to do. And a lot of self-employed people can align with this. You go to work and then you come back and there's all this paperwork and this and this and this and this. And I realized in that moment that I didn't have a business. I had a job with a crap boss. It didn't give me enough time off, you know, and I thought something needs to change. It has to change. But where is most of the information held when you're running a business of your own? It's all in your head. And it's no good to anybody because that means everybody rings you everything's in your head if you get sick and you can't work how can everybody do what you do what you do because they don't know what you know so i set about taking what was in my head and going right i need to put it into systems processes i started hiring uh, better people some people don't know this actually i took a pay cut in my own company to pay for a manager so that i can get someone else to help me manage but again most people won't Best do decision? that decision 100 but again because i knew i had vision i wanted to be free i didn't want to be in this position stuck And again, some people are not willing to sacrifice. I think we're living in a world nowadays where people don't understand risk to reward or or sacrifice. They just want it all to land on their laps. And I took a pay cut, like a significant pay cut so that I could afford to pay someone else to help me run it so that I could step back a bit and work on the business not in it
0: i think there's a lot to actually unpack there because there's a lot of reasons why people do that they keep it all they choose Mm. to keep it all in their head even though they feel overwhelmed yeah yeah and one of them is that sense of being needed and sense of that you know you've created this how could anyone ever replace me so there's a bit of ego there and then there's that fear that no nobody will ever know how to do it as good as me so what would you tell people that have all these thoughts running through their head no
1: well Except that no one is ever going to do it as good as you. It's just not going to happen. Mm. It's just a completely unrealistic expectation. So get out of your head. Like entrepreneurial people need to understand nobody is ever going to do it as good as you. And they
0: shouldn't or else they would have their own company.
1: Yeah. But on the flip side, though, it's okay to have people who can do things better than you. Because not everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. There are people who want to be entrepreneurial within your organization. They don't want to own their own company, but they are literally high-functioning, entrepreneurial people. And if you can understand that there are people out there who genuinely want to help you, then you'll find them. But if you go around thinking that everyone's going to rip you off, steal your ideas, whatever it might, then you'll find those people too. You get what you look, you look for in life. And I genuinely feel that if entrepreneurial people can let go, accept no one's going to do it like you, but also accept that some people can do it better than you and hire them. Hire them, hire great people, pay them well, look after them, hire great people, find the, the diamonds in the rough, work with them, nurture them, give them a game plan, show them longevity, show them their values, your beliefs, and let them work with you. But if you hide away from it and try to protect everything yourself, then you're going to end up really, really, really struggling, I'm telling you now.
0: Your business is going to be just as big as you want to keep it. So if you want to keep it yeah. all within yourself, it's going to be as big as yourself. 100%. If you can invite more people to yeah. it, you're going to yeah. grow it
1: you are the biggest chokehold on your business. Like whatever you think about, whatever you, you know, if you think someone's gonna rip you off, they're gonna rip you off. If you mm-hmm. think someone's going to let you down, they're gonna let you down. If you think you're broke, you're gonna be broke, you know, and that's the chokehold that we have on our businesses.
0: Very, very true. So. Fast forward how many years now you've you've done this?
1: Gosh, so I've been working for myself since 2009. So however long that is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so fast forward to yeah, today, yeah. you've become this internationally awarded public speaker. Mm-hmm. You've scaled and created multiple businesses and you've coached thousands of people yes. to help them grow and scale their businesses. Yes. So what were the mindset blocks you had to overcome in order to get to this place.
1: Wow, that's a good one. You know what, when I first quote unquote made it, I remember going to an event in Ells Court and watching all these speakers on stage and going, wow, that's great, I can do that. But then this little voice went off in my head and I said, well, who'd, who'd want to listen to you? And I thought, where's this, where's this voice coming from? And it's coming from the fact that, you know, I was a kid who grew up in East London, didn't have much, parents didn't have much, wore secondhand clothes, got bullied when I was young and all this kind of stuff. And I guess what that left in me was like a, I don't know, like a void, like I wasn't worthy of, showing other people how to do stuff because i i don't know it just was something in my head but then i thought well hang on you've done it for yourself by this time i'd given a lot of people coaching for free and they've got loads of results and stuff so i said well other people have done it as well so i had to overcome myself if i'm very honest done it like i had to overcome my own limitations and i think whether it's trying to coach people help people start a business start a new relationship whatever it is you you, you've got to have a good chat with yourself and whenever these limiting beliefs pop off is ask yourself a very simple question what evidence have you got to support this and I had zero evidence to support that I wasn't worthy. I hadn't, there was no evidence. All the evidence showed that I was actually good at what I did and I can help other people. So I thought, you know what? I'm gonna do
0: it. It's funny that you mentioned what you just did because you find what you look for. Yeah. Always. So 100%. if you look for something bad, yeah. you're gonna always find it. If you look for something good. Absolutely. Then you're gonna find it. So you had all these sort of insecurities and, and, and blockages that you had, mm. but then you said, wait a second, actually, here are the results yeah. of the contrary. Yeah. So again, did something happen? Was there a significant moment that made you shift that perspective from looking at the negative to looking at the positive?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I guess, again, I know more now than I did back then. But when you unpack it, I guess what I was doing is is going, well, let's just base this on evidence. What's true? What's fantasy? And right now, thinking that I'm not good enough is technically fantasy. What's true? Because I've got results to back it up. I can help people. So I guess it's awareness, Dana. If anyone's listening to this right now, one of the biggest skills you can practice is awareness. None of us are perfect. None of us are going to get it right. We've all got limitations. We're all going to look. Negativity It's around. We're born with it. It's something called negativity bias. A 10-month-old baby will stare at an angry face longer than a happy one. Mm. Think about that. Where does that come from? It's, it's, it's implanted in us. And why? Because your brain is designed to save you, to keep mm. you safe. It's a protection mechanism from millions of years ago. It, it, that's what it is. So you're always going to be negative. Like there's always going to be something going on. But practicing awareness, can you catch yourself going, hey, you're being negative. Hey, you're looking for the problem. What's the answer? If you can practice awareness that you're doing it, then you can overcome anything.
0: How do you practice awareness?
1: By educating yourself, catching the patterns. What are the patterns? Every I used to do this with my patients when I was a psychiatric nurse. Whenever they had a bad day or something happened, there was an incident, you know, whatever it might be. Um, I go, right, what's what's going on right now? Like, can you keep a diary called like a mood diary? What was going on just before you had this thing happen? Were you eating certain foods? Were you hanging around certain people? Were you watching the news? What was going on? And suddenly you start to find triggers. And for me, it's the same as everyday life. Like if you're having a bad day, what's the trigger? There's, there's always a trigger. So if you can stop and go, right, what's making me feel like this right now? What's causing this right now? Did somebody upset me? Did I watch something on the news? Did I get a phone call that I didn't like? Did I get a message from someone? Did I hear a song that reminded me of an ex-partner? or whatever? Like, What was it? And you will find that we live with triggers. There's triggers all around us. And if you can find the trigger, you'll be aware. So next time you get triggered, you're aware that's the thing that triggered me. So I either remove the triggers or create a new association around it. Or don't be around those triggers.
0: What about moments? Because, you know, that's very relatable. But sometimes it's an accumulation of these micro, micro triggers. These micro events, Mm. perceptions, these images that are not real, really strong. It's almost hard to grasp what exactly was it. It's the end of the day and you're feeling kind of crappy. It has happened to me and I have very high self-awareness. And yeah. I'm like, okay, what, what happened? Exactly as you said, what exactly happened here? Mm. And it's hard to even pinpoint sometimes because nothing technically bad happened. But in my It has happened to me that it's just an accumulation, maybe today, maybe the day before, that something didn't go the way that I planned. Something, somebody didn't maybe smile (laughs) or or all these micro things. So what do you do with those ones? There's not a trigger specifically to remove. It's just life's variables that have accumulated. What do you do with those things?
1: Yeah, I think honest answer, get over yourself. (laughs) That's the honest answer. Like sometimes we make things into things, you know, and I always say to people, don't make a thing a thing. Even down to trauma, you know, not all trauma is bad. Like some people are unfortunately mistaking reasons for excuses and excuses for reasons, they're just getting them the wrong way around. Like something can happen to you in the past and you could tell yourself a story as to that's what's preventing me from moving forwards. Or you can tell yourself a different story that actually that's made me stronger. And I think like you said that about sitting down there going, I can't quite, quite put my finger on it. Why am I feeling like this? Well, if you can't find something, just with all due respect, move on.
0: Move on. What are you, <laughs> what are you waiting? What
1: are you, like again, you've got to sit there and worry even more now. Yeah,
0: don't need to solve a problem that's not there essentially. This, this is if It's it. not big enough to be a problem. This just This is it. Push this her. is it.
1: Like you're already feeling crap. You can't find the reason why you're feeling crap, so you feel even more crap by looking for it.
0: Like, well, why would
1: you do that? It makes no
0: sense. I like that, I like that. If you had to share with me three of your very precious life lessons that mm. you've picked over the years, what would you share?
1: Gosh, I definitely would say, listen to the signs. What does that mean? It's like, like for example, when I um, launched my business and it didn't work, there was a lesson in that. What was it redirecting me to? I wasn't ready. I was young. I didn't know anything about business. I didn't really know. There's a lesson in that. I had It had to lead me on to working. When I lost my job, what was the lesson in that? Well, that was training ground. That was the training time.
0: Hey guys, I have a very exciting announcement to make. I've started working with my very first sponsor and it's none other than, drumroll, Momo Kombucha. Our own London-based, locally produced, healthy and delicious kombucha that I've been a fan of since I first tried it. For those of you who know me, you know that I'm obsessed with my health. But at the same time, I'm a devout foodie. And nothing will make me renounce tasty food and drink. Unfortunately, most delicious drinks are full of sugar and other additives that are not good for your health. This is why I love Momo so much. It's delicious, so it curbs my cravings for snacks and healthy as it contains loads of probiotics that are great for your gut. If you'd like to try it yourself, use the discount code It" 15 to get a 15% off of your first order.
1: Am I needed to regroup to, to actually become a proper entrepreneur? So what I'm trying to say to you is there's, if you can listen to the science for everything that's going on around you, like whenever something's rejecting you, you know, maybe there's a reason for that when you're not achieving something maybe there's a reason for that can you learn to listen listen to the universe listen to the world god whoever it is that you believe in listen like just stop pause listen you know definitely that's that's one for me um the other one is is understanding that life is happening for you not to you that's really important because i guess where that one stems from donna is we're going through crazy times at the moment as you know most people are going Oh, my gosh, it's terrible. The economy is bad, blah, blah, blah. And then there's other people going, hey, there's so much opportunity out there. Why? Why are people doing that? It's because one group of people understand, well, this is happening for me. It's happening to teach me that I need to sort my stuff out. I need to get my finances straight, get my career straight, maybe start something new, find my purpose, find my passion, wherever it might be. And the other ones are looking for victim mode. Looking for bailout, looking for someone to save them, or whatever it might be. So understand that life is happening for you, not to you. And the other big life lesson I would love everyone to just take note of is take responsibility. No one's coming to save you. Nobody. No, you you can pin your hopes on your mentor, on your boss, on your employer, on your partner, on everyone. No one's coming to save you. Take responsibility for your own life. Like most people don't take responsibility. It's like I don't know. People will go outside get wet in the rain and go oh my god i got i got wet because it was raining no you got wet because you didn't take an umbrella that's why you got (laughs) wet but again it's that people don't take responsibility yeah that's the problem
0: it's the same situation but very different ways of looking at it yeah and this is the thing we have the power always just to assign meaning to every single thing that's happening to us and there are very very few actual factual truths in this life Everything else is just our perception. Yeah. So if we have this great power, why not use it to our advantage? Mm. So I like what you said there because taking personal responsibility can be scary to some people and it can be scary or it can be extremely empowering.
1: You get to choose.
0: Yeah, because when you take that responsibility, you are taking something. And that something is that power. over your own life or influencing your own life but this
1: is the thing so the psychology behind this is very simple dana like when things are out of our control like the economy goes crazy or someone hurts you or something goes wrong whatever it might be human beings are control freaks we want to be in control so why does it bother us when these things happen because we had zero control over what that person did to us right so one of the best things you can do to regain control is take responsibility and ask yourself how can i respond to this How can I prevent it from happening again? Okay, I can't control that person, but I can control how I feel. That's how you regain control. So once you're back in control, you're happy. You got what you want. Mm. But if you're pinning your hopes on controlling why that person did this to you, you'll be banging your head against a brick wall because you're never going to be able to control why that person wronged you, harmed you, ripped you off, whatever. You you can't control that. So Mm. if you want control take responsibility
0: very very true very powerful you mentioned something that is pretty much my favorite theme topic Mm -hmm. question purpose yeah so what is your purpose i'm a healer
1: my purpose is to heal i discovered that properly officially should i say in 2018 when i did my nlp training went through this whole purpose thing and it was it was a really crazy experience because I went through like these fifty questions trying to figure out what's my purpose, what's my purpose, what's my, and all these questions, significant life events, this, 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 and this, and this. And there was like this blockage at the time, Donna. It's like this resistance that was in me. It was like, why don't I want to admit this thing? There was something like, just come out with it, come out with it, come out with it. And out of nowhere, I kid you not, I just burst into freaking tears. There was tears everywhere. I was like, what the hell's going on?
0: What was going on?
1: It was a release of all the pain that I've been through. I've I've suffered since I was a kid. So, because I've ex- experienced pain, I don't want to see other people in pain. So my 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 role as a healer—that's where it, it came out. But it was almost like an acceptance that, hey, you know what? I've been hurt. I've been through pain. You know, I've I've been through all this stuff. As what
0: a, sort of pain are we talking about? We're talking
1: like emotional pain, physical pain, spiritual pain, all kinds of stuff. You know, I was bullied at the age of seven years old for the color of my skin and how I looked and all that kind of stuff. I've been through all this trauma, call it if mm-hmm. you want to call it that. But i've always helped people so even at seven years old i was helping people you know i was giving a kid in school my sandwiches every lunchtime because he didn't have any food you know and it's because yeah i was seven years old i don't like people bullying me i don't like people other people suffering and that's just stuck with me i've always helped people but to get to the point where i've actually realized my life purpose is to heal it all made sense because every every career i've ever been in every job i've ever done has always had an impact on how it makes people feel as a nurse I, i was a healer i was healing people Now I get to heal people spiritually, emotionally, financially, physically. I'm still healing by speaking and training and coaching. I'm still hopefully making an impact on other people. So that is my purpose is to heal people from personal, professional, financial pain. That's, That's what I do.
0: So let's talk a little bit more about what you mm. do. So so you're coaching, you're speaking, you're mentoring people. What else is happening in your day-to-day? Oh, gosh, where do we start? <laughs> how long we
1: got? <laughs> Please understand Like, I got into coaching and mentoring and speaking because my heart led me there. It wasn't a financial decision. In fact, I was coaching people for free when I started out. It was more to how can I make an impact? Because I'm gonna say it how it is. You know I like to say it how it is. In the personal development industry, self-help industry, I think it's changed a lot into the help self industry where a lot of these mentors out there or well, speakers are, are helping themselves to vulnerable people they're promising people the world and delivering them a village if they're lucky you know mm-hmm. and selling them courses and programs that when you get there they say oh you actually need this course as well and that course as well and before you know it there's people buying courses and courses and courses and who's who's really getting helped in this situation the person sending the courses. And I didn't want to be part of the problem. I wanted to be part of the solution. So I used to sit in the audiences, you know, just like, you know, you you go to these events. I, I used to go to these events too. I used to sit in the audiences and look at all these people moaning and complaining that, oh, you know, this person ripped me off and this, this. And I said, well, do something about it. Again, take responsibility. So I thought, well, my way of doing something about it is getting on that stage. So I did I got on that stage. So the reason I'm sharing that with you is because for me speaking yes of course you can earn money from it but it's it's not why I got into the industry. You know, I have my other businesses. I've got perfume brand, I've got my fragrance brand, I've got property business, we've got software that we use. We got there's all these different things that we do. We've got our own franchise company. Like I love business, I love entrepreneurship. But if you had to go which one would I do without getting paid is this?
0: And does that also take most of your time? I say at the
1: moment uh, yes, but I'm fortunate to have an incredible team who I honestly, I've got some incredible people in our team who I, I just know that I couldn't do this stuff without them at all. And again, that's leverage. You, you, you collaborate with people, you work with good people. So I get to, to do what I love because if it felt like a chore, I'd stop doing it. I know me. Like if if I didn't enjoy what I do, I'd Mm. stop.
0: I only ask that because obviously you mentioned a lot of things. And Mm. I'm just wondering, isn't it curious that in the end where you dedicate most of your time is the one that you most enjoy? 100%.
1: But that's people, you know, unfortunately, let's be honest. I think about 80% of the population hate their job. They Like you see them walking down down the street doing what's called the corporate shuffle, right? They're just walking around like lemmings, going to the office. Every day I'm shuffling. Every day I'm shuffling, yeah. (laughs) Walking into the office, same thing, you know. And there's like most people don't enjoy what they do. They don't love what they do you know there's a uh, i think I, I don't know if the poem goes like this but there is this poem about the box and it says um people they wake up in a box they go downstairs they eat they eat their breakfast out of a box they go and have a shower in a box they go to work in a box when they get to work they are working in a box they go and have lunch in a box when they go home they go back in the box they go home they watch tv they eat dinner out of a box and they go back to bed in a box and when they leave this world they leave in a box and it's just groundhog day over and over and over and they do it because they have to not because they want to
0: or they think they have oh to. that's
1: their choice it's percep like you said perception you know so so you're right they think they have to but it's what they've been conditioned to do, I mean, society doesn't condition you to be a, an entrepreneur. Which you?
0: brings you brings us back to what you just said about responsibility, 100%. so it's your responsibility to seek alternate truth You have to. and to seek that freedom.
1: Mm-hmm. You have to, no one's gonna, but the problem is Dana, is again, awareness. I don't think many people are aware that they've got a choice. I don't think many people are aware that they could do something better. I don't think many people are aware they could start a business or do something for themselves. Most people are not, they're not aware so when the likes of you and me coach people or do a video or do a podcast or put something out there, you're creating awareness for people. You're waking them up and then they start to go, hey, I didn't realize I could do that. Oh my gosh, that Donna lady, you hear her podcast, you hear what she said. Like, I didn't realize we could do this. So when you've got people like us out there telling people you've got choices and options, you know, then if it goes against the mainstream, then of course people are going to try and shoot you down and say you're just, I don't know, you're just giving people false hope or you're whatever it might be. And look, I'm not here to create it's conspiracy theories. It's easy for theories. you, you, dot, dot, dot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not here to create conspiracy theories about the matrix or whatever mm. you want to call it. But <laughs> I genuinely feel that because of a lack of awareness, people won't, they won't, they won't change. And until someone comes along like you or me or whatever and interrupts their pattern and goes, hey, you do know there's a better life mm. if you want. Here's how you can do it then they, they won't know any different. They'll carry on going in the box.
0: It's very, very true. And you know, sometimes I think it's worth speaking about what you mentioned earlier about reward and risk. Because people stick to what they know because it feels safe. But is it though, really? Because yes, they know what they're going after. Mm. They know that they're going to be working in this job. They're not going to get the salary. Yeah. That's going to be the increase. Yeah. However, obviously, no job security. Like banks are getting bankrupt, etc. Mm-hmm. But most of all, the price that you pay by not pursuing those little flashes that you get every now and then of that vision of who you could be is too high yeah it it means that you quite literally live somebody else's life you're working for somebody else's dream unfortunately and that's the real risk it is not the risk that you take when you actually embark on that crazy endeavor and that crazy idea and yes why we're having these conversations as well is i want to showcase and and shine a light on people's journeys because Mm. they're not straightforward it's not like you started out and you're like oh, i'm gonna be this amazing entrepreneur millionaire and the first attempt you tried doing that you succeeded no not at all like there was this whole meandering carousel of things happening That is
1: business yeah that is that is it but it's worth it it's worth it and you enjoy it more it's like earn a million or win a million i know which one i'll enjoy more because I'll, I'll respect more, should I say that? You know, because the, the people who I mean, look at lottery winners. Why are they broke like two years later? Exactly.
0: You'll not only respect it more and enjoy it more. You'll know how to manage yeah. it, which is the most important thing. Yeah. Because I was just about to say that lottery winners, if they already didn't have money and they were in poor financial situation, it's because yeah. they didn't know how to manage money no. in the first place. No. So if you give them a couple of million pounds, it's the same situation. That's right. The, the likelihood of them mismanaging that is very, very high. So then that brings them into a place of misery that's even worse than it, they were before
1: 100 100 but again it's again it's 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 choices mm-hmm. we all get we all get to choose and like you said you know some people live their whole life and then regret it later on and you know and look at the end of the day you mentioned it i would say be more afraid of where you are right now not what you need to do now what's going to change all these people like i'm not saying this to be mean but i meet a lot of people who come to my events and or i, I meet at you know on, on networking events wherever it might be and they were complaining about the cost of living crisis and the bills of going up and this and this and this. And I say, look, your bills going up by three, four, five hundred pounds a month isn't the problem. The problem is you're worried about three, four, five hundred pounds. That's the problem. Why did you get yourself into a situation where an increase like that bothers you? Make more. Bulletproof yourself. Responsibility. Like, take responsibility, financial certainty, you know, but people don't they don't like it. And then they'll say, oh, you're big headed or you're this or you're that or whatever it might be. You know, it's just like when I was on. Um, I was on TV, I was on Rich House Poor House, and they were trying to make me say stuff about money that I didn't believe. They were trying to make me, I don't know, make the poor look really bad and the rich. I said, look, if you're if you're born poor, it's definitely not your fault. If you die poor, you there's a choice. You get to choose, okay? Now I know there's certain people that don't get opportunities because of the demographics and the things that they go through, and I'm not saying this is the truth for everyone, but in modern society, like in the UK, for example, how can you possibly go broke how, how how there is so much money we're in london at the moment there's money everywhere absolutely everywhere how can you possibly go broke in a country where you have resources in abundance you've got the internet you've got you can get startup loans for a company you can get grants you can get funding you can get technology you get like it's given to you on a plate literally all you got to do is work most people don't want to work, so then they'll say poor, and then they'll point fingers at you and me, and go, "Look at you, it's easy for you." Blah 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 blah. Choices,
0: absolutely, and it's all down to mindset in the 100%. end of the day, because they're like, "Oh yeah, but I don't know how to learn." Yeah. Oh yeah, but you know, other people are doing it, be better. Yeah. Yeah, but it's gonna take <laughs> a long time. Well, the time is gonna pass anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but this is this is it. Again, it's this, it's a story, Donna. Like, everyone's got a story. And that story can either empower you or that story can disempower you. you. You get to choose. But all these stories about it's hard, it's not easy, it's difficult. The economy, you don't know my life. Da 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 da. They're all they're all stories. You know, every single one of them are stories. It's like even down to people saying that they feel down, depressed, low. Like I'm stressed. again, they're stories. Like honestly, like again, I'm like I'm I'm an ex psychiatric nurse. You know, so talking about depression for example like i don't i don't believe in it i, I believe people feel depressed i don't believe people have depression When people say I've got depression, I'll say, well, give it to me then. Where is it? (laughs) Where is it? Take it out of your pocket. Where where is it? It, it, It's not a thing. It's a state of mind led by your focus because I don't care how depressed you are. Let's say a parent is depressed right now and their child is about to die in front of them. Are they going to sit there and say, I'm sorry, I'm depressed and I'll just let my child die or they're going to spring into protection mode? They're going to protect their child. Where's your depression gone in that moment? Gone. Why? Because your focus shift. It's the same for people out there. You can sit there and go, "Woe me, look at me, my life's a mess. Or you could change your focus and go and do something about it. But people don't want to hear that because it's much easier to say I'm depressed. It's much easier to say I'm low. It's much easier to say that my life is bad. It's so much easier to blame than it is to take responsibility. And that's why most people are stuck.
0: So what would you say is your advice to people that want, that have now this awareness and they want to take that responsibility, yeah. but up until now they've been into this blaming, you know responsibility shifting mode.
1: Again, you said if they've got awareness already, then practice it.
0: Well, they're listening to this and they're like, uh, okay, fine. maybe I am the problem. <laughs> okay, now what? Good, get
1: help, okay, Reach out to you. Reach out to someone. I don't know. get a mentor because sometimes you go right, I I have awareness. I think I have been using excuses. No one's gonna come and save me. I've got to take responsibility for myself. but how, Donna, I don't know how. Great find a mentor. What a great question to ask. How? Find out. You don't know how. Google it. I don't mm. care. <laughs> Figure it out. But again, with awareness, if you take responsibility and, and go, right, I want to change my life and ask yourself a better question. How can I change my life? You'll find the answers because I, I genuinely believe God, the universe, the creator, whoever you believe in, created Google before Google did. And it's in your head. If you tell yourself, why is this always happening to me? Your human Google will find a hundred reasons why this is happening to you.
0: I love that you said that because it points to the importance of asking the right questions.
1: Absolutely. And
0: why I love this even more is now we have a perfectly tangible example <laughs> in real life. Chat GPT. Yep. Guys, present and future is all about asking the right asking questions. Asking the right questions. Amen. That's it. <laughs> ask and you shall receive. That's what it's always been.
1: Ask. You don't know, ask. And if... if- Ask yourself. It's like it's funny when people are panicking and they go, "Oh my god, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do?" I'm like, keep asking. That That's a good question because <laughs> mm. it forces your brain to go, "What do I do?" Ah, okay, I should go and do this. I should go and do that. So it's all about questions. You can ask better questions or terrible questions. You'll find the answers. You know, mm. so quality questions get you quality results. So yeah, how can I do it? Ask yourself. So if you're sitting at home right now, going, "Okay, I'm listening, Jess. I'm listening, Donna. I hear you. Maybe I have been using excuses. I'm fed up of living, living the way I'm living right now. I don't like my job." I don't like what I'm doing, whatever it might be, then great, you've got awareness now. What are you gonna do about it? Because you'll wake up tomorrow with the same story, nothing nothing changes. So what are you actually gonna do about it? Do something. Even if you don't know, like I meet lots of people who go, I wanna get fitter, but I don't know where to start. Run, go outside, I don't care, jog on the spot, jump up and down, move, do, do something. But all these stories, I don't know how. Really, most people know how to get fit. There's not one person that doesn't know. Eat less, move more, that's it, it's very simple, okay? But they won't do it because they'll use this story. People
0: like to overcomplicate things, right? The most simple things. Don't overcomplicate
1: it. Just start. Start and get better later, you know?
0: Okay. So, with this, I think one of the troubles that people have most of all, or at least like to pinpoint all their misery towards, is their financial Mm. situation. Mm. So, you specialize in taking businesses from zero to a million pounds per annum. That is a very big. Promise. <laughs> exactly how do you do that?
1: Well, I don't like to say zero per se because nothing is zero. You've got to come with an idea, a concept, something viable. And then understand that the same effort it takes to make 10,000 is the same effort it will take to make 100. And the same effort it makes 100 is the same to make half a million and so on and so on. It all requires work. But if your focus is on, right, how do I get to a million straight away, then you're going to get stuck. Why? Because it's too big of a gap. So what's the, what's the first milestone for you? Five figures, All right? Let's hit five. Let's work on that. Can I help you get here? Then we can talk about that. If we get to five, it creates a new belief for you because in order to create a new belief, you've got to create a new experience. If you've never experienced running a seven-figure business, then you, of course you're not, not going to think it's possible. But if we can work on these micro goals, these little chunks first, then you can baby step yourself into that because once you make your first five figures, you're like, great, who do I need to invest in? What do I need to do right now to get to six? When you get to six, you've got to shift your mindset as well. Because even six, like a hundred grand is not a business, it's a hobby. It, it is because you can just go out of business tomorrow. So what do you need to do next, right? What Do I need to hire people? Do I need to get systems? Do I need to invest in more marketing? What do I need to do? And it, it's like, as I say, new level, new devil. So for me, the best, the most strategic way that I can help people do that is go, let's do it in steps. Mm-hmm. Okay. Once you get to your five figures, come and talk to me. Let's look at how we can get you to six. Because the problems you've got between zero to five figures... A difference to the problems you've got from five to six so this point is giving you this roadmap to get to seven let's get you here first we can get you here i've got a product jess it's selling people are working. but i need to scale now to grow now great new problem here's a new uh, solution yeah but it's got to be done in stages and that's that's why unfortunately Dana, i'm in a i'm in an industry in a speaking industry where people won't get rich quick they want it all yesterday uh, like, <laughs> they want to go to a weekend course and all their problems go away no It doesn't happen like that. But I I teach entrepreneurship. Business is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It doesn't happen overnight. You know what gets me down? People will happily go to university, study for three years, maybe do a master's on top of that, maybe three, four, five years of university, get out of university broke, go into a job that they don't like, stay in a particular industry for 10 years plus in order to bag their dream job. So they'll happily wait 15 years to bag their dream job, but they won't give business 12 months. It just makes zero sense to me. So this is the kind of stuff that we're dealing with in entrepreneurship, which is why I don't want to work with everyone. If you want me to get you to 1 million, half a minute, it's irrelevant where you want me to get you, is are you realistic? And do you understand that it's gonna take some work and effort? You can't ditch it after three months. You can't say, oh, this is too tough and then quit. You can't. It's not gonna work like that. But they will happily wait fifteen years to get land their dream job. It just makes makes no sense. How many people leave university in debt, with no job, with no job, and they call me the snake like how does this make any sense mm. it makes it makes zero sense like the university is the snake not me mm. they took your money they made you study for three years you've given them three years of your life you can't get back and you still haven't got the job that you want and me i tell you give, give me 12 months we'll start a business we'll grow your business where it might be oh no justin i can't
0: wait fine
1: Go, go and suffer. What can I say?
0: So what types of people are you mainly working with? You said it's people that are new entrepreneurs, but also people that have established businesses. So what sort of troubles are they coming to you with?
1: Okay, so I do my best work with established business owners. Um, In fact, when I first got into this game, I didn't work with startups at all. Like you could not work with me if you were starting a company. I only worked. What's with the reason for that? Because I get my best results from people who've already got something I like can mold. Startups are going through too many mindset issues to even get started. And back then I just wanted to work with people who've got something. Like the people who wanted to start up, I used to help them for free. I used to give them free advice and free tips and free stuff. Come back to me when you've made your first sale. Mm-hmm. I used to them, come back, come back, come back. So most most of my best work, with all due respect, I do with people who've already got a business. Mm. Cause like I can give you one tweak, it can make you a million tomorrow. Because they've already got something. And I've got clients like that. I've given them one tweak, they made 5.1 million in, in six weeks. Why? Because they've already had an established business.
0: Talk to me about that specific example.
1: So, for example, um, this guy, um, David Reed, he had a care, let uh, say care business. It's more of a um, schools for young people with um, mobility issues and loan difficulties. Big organization. He's already doing, rel- you know, multiple seven-figure revenue, all that kind of stuff. But he wasn't using social media. And he was like, are we opening a new school? And... Um, you know i don't know how to fill the waiting list for it i was like well do some social media videos so showed him how to do the videos how to tap into people's problems like his audience is the parent not the child mm-hmm. how do you talk to these parents how da, 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 da. he did like a few videos Donna, and the school was full like within within six weeks again he's coachable though he didn't come up to me and go oh but i've been in business many years and i don't get it like He's coachable. And if you look at any successful person out there, they don't have an ego. Like, I'll learn from anyone. I'll learn from you. I'll learn from anybody. I'll learn from my team. I'll learn from anyone, my kids, anyone. I'll learn from anyone because I stay coachable. Most people don't want to stay coachable nowadays. So, yes, I do my best work with people who are already established because they have different problems. They understand the pains, but they're also doers. They're going to do. Whereas I find a lot of startups at times, they they will procrastinate a lot until that first sale comes in, until something happens. Mm. And and I don't mind work, I still work with them now, but I, I'm also realistic in the sense that they're probably the ones who are the highest risk of giving up because they don't really understand what it takes to be in business. Like, you know, there's this saying that um, only only 5% of people are entrepreneurs, aren't entrepreneurs. Absolute nonsense. You go into the public right now, I reckon if you stopped anyone in the street and said, hey I'll give you a business, you be your own boss, you work your own hours, you get paid whatever you want. Do you want it? They'll go, yeah, I'd love it. But then I reckon 95% of the population want to be entrepreneurs, only 5% do the work. That's the truth. I mean, you've been to events, you see what it's like. How many people go to these events going, yeah, I want to be my boss, I want to do this, I want to be my own boss, start my business. Where are they now? Still talking about starting it. Do you see what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's it's mad. and unfortunately, like, I mean, I just before lockdown, I stopped running events in um, London. And then after lockdown, I actually didn't run events in London at all. just used to run them in Kent and stuff and things like that where I live. And I ran one a few weeks ago in London. You know, we just thought we'd do one in central London. And I kid you not, I was telling my team this. There's people who showed up who used to come to my London events. There was a, oh my gosh, Jessen, you're running an event in London again. Oh, that's amazing. That's so cool. And we've missed you. I was like, great. What have you done with your life since we last met? Nothing. Nothing. They're still exactly the same as where I left them.
0: So what do you think is the common denominator between those people? Mindset. Mindset. It's too
1: hard, too difficult. Um, uh, I don't have the money. don't have the resources. It will never work for me. I'm not good enough.
0: The focus. The focus, focus is on the wrong place. It's,
1: it's all in the wrong place. But again, story. Story. It's all like, woe me, look at me. It's hard. It's difficult. Blah, blah, blah. But you know what the other reason is? I know it's mindset, but here's the other reason. it's are too comfortable. Look, most people know that if they didn't start their business, they'll be okay. They'll be fine. They'll still have a roof over their head somehow. They'll still have some food to eat. They'll figure their way out. They're, they're not. They're not desperate on the street homeless and this is the problem like people are too comfortable because they're comfortable they don't move why would you move you don't need to move there's no like there's no look if you didn't start your business tomorrow you'd be okay there's no life or death situation like when i started my care business there was no choice i wasn't going to get a job if i didn't do it i wasn't going to eat no one was with me when i was sleeping on the floor my own care home eating freaking pot noodles doing all that kind of stuff wherever it might be i had to make it work it wasn't a choice Most people nowadays have got too many choices.
0: And it's the famous story about burning the ships. Yes. And this is so true. And I sometimes refer to this as the golden cage paradox. So people often talk about those, you know, rags to riches stories, these incredible people. They've been in this massive debt or bankruptcies and they were on the streets and then they make it. Mm. And that's an incredible story to follow, incredible storyline. However... I sometimes think that perhaps the people that are on the other spectrum, so say you are, you know, VP, your CEO that earns a couple of million a year in their comfortable, you know, SkyRise offices and they got the mortgages and houses yeah, and cars yeah, and everything yeah. else, they are emotionally and spiritually bankrupt. They have, they are empty. They yeah. hate their life. Yeah, yeah. But they're so comfortable mm. and they're so entrenched into that reality that. Any sort of thought of wiggling out of that and starting this this new unknown, completely crazy to everyone path yeah. is, is unfathomable. So I sometimes think whether it's harder for those people to make a change than the other spectrum.
1: It is, but I think this, the, princ- the same principle applies to both camps. Someone who's in a high-flying job and someone who's not. People need to understand that unless your values are in the right hierarchy, you'll never move. So, for example, why doesn't that person who's on a two million pound salary, whatever it might be, but not happy with their health, their relationships, their blah, 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 whatever it might be. Why don't they leave? I'll tell you why. Because they value safety more than freedom. That's it. That's all it is. Yeah. Why doesn't someone, this same person who comes to the event, oh, well, I'd love to start my own business. Why do not they started it yet? Say safer to stay in a job. So they say they want freedom, but they value security. And this is we've got a values conflict. Mm-hmm. You can't just say, I want to be free. You've got to make it a non-negotiable. So you've got if you want to change your life, you've got if you want to be free, that is. When I say free, it doesn't have to be money. It could be mentally, spiritually, emotionally, whatever. If you want to be free, you, you've got to make your value of freedom stronger than your value of security. Otherwise, you'll never move. People will stay in a job they don't like, but they say they want to start a business. Why? Because they prefer to be safe. People will stay in a relationship that doesn't serve them. Rather than leaving, why?
0: Because it's comfortable and safe. Prefer to be safe. That's it. Very, very true. And I guess there's a good exercise to do around that because sometimes people feel, they feel uneasy. They don't feel really fulfilled, but actually all they need to do is do this exercise in understanding what their values are. And perhaps they're already living their ideal life. Maybe their value is security and it is safety. And instead of wondering about these possibilities of these incredible, you know, adventurous, risky Mm. things, maybe that's not actually what they want. Maybe that's something that their friends are doing and they think that they want to do it. But actually, they want a safe family life and they want a stable job. There's great power and freedom in that in acknowledging and understanding yeah, what you stand absolutely. for, what you want, and maybe you're actually
1: living it. You've hit the nail on the head. Like be- people get me wrong sometimes and go like, oh, like, you're just telling everybody that they shouldn't be in a job. No, what makes you happy? What, what actually makes you happy? Having a nine to five, having annual leave, being able to go on holiday with your family, blah, blah, blah. If that makes you happy, do you. That's what I'm saying, but don't do that and moan. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. But yeah? it's
0: cutting out, it's understanding, it's having that awareness understanding and knowing Mm. yourself Mm. and so therefore being able to cut out that noise that's it and then hence why feeling content and happy with your life
1: what is a very simple philosophy in life it doesn't make you happy stop it it's very simple but most (laughs) people don't look at it that way they'll just carry on tolerating and tolerating and tolerating and moaning and moaning and moaning and moaning look if you're not happy you're not a tree move Okay, but most people don't look at it that way. They'll carry on moaning, they'll stay in a job they don't like, they'll da- 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 whatever it might be. But then there's other people who are, they couldn't think of anything worse than starting a business. They're like, no way in hell, I'm happy with my job. I've got my family, I've got my annual leave, I get my little sick pay, I've got my little pension pot going on, I've got enough money, I'm putting my kids in a nice school, I've got a few holidays a year, I'm good. I don't wanna be a business owner. Great, as long as you're happy, no problem. But most people don't take stock of what, what do I actually want? Just stop. Pause. What do you want? What do you want? Most people, most people don't know. Do you know how many people that you could ask right now? What do you want out of life? Um, don't actually know. They don't take time to sit down. But Crazy. Yeah, but one of the biggest gifts you can give, you, give yourself is lock yourself away for a week. Lock yourself away from everyone. Anyone. Just go on holiday on your own. Do something or whatever it might be and ask yourself, what do you actually want? And you'll find some incredible answers. And now you've got awareness again. We're back to awareness. You've got awareness. Okay, great. So what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Yeah? It's like when we were in lockdown. Why did so many people get divorces? Why did so many people quit their jobs? Why do you... They had time to reflect. Thank you. And people were moaning going, oh, I can't go outside. I can't go outside. And I said, well, if you can't go outside, you can go inside. You can go inside. What do you want? What do you want? And this is where a lot of people actually realized that they were on the wrong path. So I actually... I'm happy we had that time because I think it is the reset that we all needed and it was the course correct that we all needed. And I think a lot of people woke up, but most people, unfortunately, they're not aware. So if anyone's listening right now, stop. What do you actually want? It's almost like there'll be a weight off your shoulders because now you've got clarity and clarity brings power. When you've got power, you can move forward.
0: Amen to that. We spoke a lot about happiness and I like to wrap up all of my interviews with a question. What is your recipe for happiness?
1: Doing whatever I want, whenever I want, with whoever I want, however the heck I want. That's
0: it. (laughs) Love it. Thank you so much, Justin.
1: (laughs) It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you. Hello, friends. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe and share it with someone. I would love to hear your feedback and suggestions as to what guests you'd like to see in the show next. See you next week.